Good morning and welcome to Five Alive. It's good to have you with us. We always enjoy being able to sit down and talk over the Word of God together. Today we are going to be talking about hearing from God. The focus of today's podcast is specifically on that first word, hearing. So, what do you think of when I talk about hearing? Ears. Ear canal. Ear canal. Earwax. Yeah. You think about earwax? I do, because sometimes a buildup can get in there and you can't hear very well because it hurts. <laughs> it hurts. Yeah. Earwax hurts. Earwax hurts. But what if Especially when you have a pimple inside. Oh. Ow. Sometimes earwax makes you lose your concentration because it gives you vertigo. Yeah, and so therefore you can't dizzy. walk and it makes That's you dizzy. True. So therefore you can't think or focus. Right. That's true. Deaf. Okay. Deafness. Deafness. So how do deaf people hear? They don't. They see, smell. Oh, they can hear actually. They can hear. They feel vibrations. They can feel the vibrations, but they can't hear everything clearly. But they can hear certain sound waves and the vibrations of them. But I like the fact that you brought up the deaf because they hear but they hear by other methods other than their ears which is how we started this answer can a deaf person hear by reading can a deaf person like sign language yes can they hear by reading a book can they hear by conversation communication by somebody flailing their arms around trying to describe something <laughs> to them even though they don't speak in uh, sign language Mm -hmm. yeah of course so hearing is more than just our ears even though that is the first thing that comes to our mind right yes mm -hmm. and so with that in mind i think it's important for us to recognize that hearing from god is not always something that we do with our ears but sometimes it's something that is even deeper than that but i don't want to get too far ahead of myself this is going to be an exhaustive discuss exhaust not this it's is exhausting. <laughs> this is not going to be an exhaustive discussion of how we hear from God, but I would like to bring up a few points of how he speaks to us and how we can hear from him. And I want to start off with the fact that God speaks to us first and foremost through his voice in the scriptures, specifically the 66 books of the Bible. These scriptures of the Bible are verbally inspired of God, and it's not just the ideas that were inspired, but even the choice words that were inspired as the original writers were moved by God's hand to write what he wanted them to say, even though they were not robotic whenever they were writing things out, they still put their personality into the scriptures. We therefore believe that number one, scriptures are God's revelation of himself to all mankind. And secondly, that scriptures are infallible. What does infallible mean? Without error. Not wrong. Very good. And third, scriptures are the divinely authoritative guide for our faith, belief, and manner of living. Statement number one of the fundamental truths of the Assemblies of God doctrines says, Scripture testifies of itself, and it references these three verses. 2 Timothy 3, 15 through 17, 1 Thessalonians 2, 13, and 2 Peter 1 and 2. 
Through reading, studying, and meditating on Scripture, you can hear God's voice and His plan for who He wants you to become. Scripture also provides us with many answers to life's questions. So first and foremost, to hear from God's Word is to hear from God. What do you guys think about that? Have you ever heard from God while reading the scriptures? Yeah. Yes. Could you give an, like, elaborate on that a little bit? Like, what did you hear from God? And Oh, well, I don't have a specific example, but sometimes while reading scripture, I'll be dealing with something or I have a thought in my head or a question Mm -hmm. about who God is. And so I'll be trying to figure it out and so I pray about it but then every morning I read the Bible and so whenever I read the Bible sometimes I just open up to what I was continuing to read say I'm reading the book of Romans and so I read a chapter a day and I come to a portion in Romans where it answers my question that I had previously but I didn't know that until I had to read Romans again in order to actually understand what my question was or what God had for me in that instance. Okay. And it was just because I continued to study God's word and then he revealed to me or spoke to me mm-hmm. uh, the answers that I needed at that time. Okay. There will be times that I know for sure when reading God's word and or just praying and a scripture verse will come to my mind of creating me a clean heart, oh God, and, and renew a right spirit in me. And so to me, God speaks of creating a, a new heart of me asking for forgiveness of my sins, for me asking of forgiveness for anything that I've done and asking the Lord, God created me a new heart, oh Lord, that I will lean on your ways and your understandings. And Lord, I pray that I'm not drifting too far out on my own and my own doings of me wanting to do stuff on my own of what I want to do, but to be in tune with the Lord, so to say, of being in the right spirit with him, walking alongside. And so sometimes scripture is just recalled. Yes, definitely. Uh, I I think of uh, our personal testimony that we get often asked, why did we leave the United States to go to India? And I think of the fact that we always, Blair and I always testify or give the testimonial of the importance of fasting and prayer. And then I always like to go on to describe how important fasting and prayer was in Uh, succession with scripture reading because it was through reading the Bible during that 10-day fast that we went on, Blair and I went on, before we had the business opportunity to come to India that we were really seeking God's face and we got the information from the Lord preparing us that there would be a phone call saying, we would like you to go to India and we would like you to be the representatives of Achievers Business Academy and advisors. And as a result of reading God's word, we actually heard from the Lord that when we got that phone call, that later on we would be able to quickly make the decision that yes, this is God's will for our life. And we as a family will relocate ourselves to India. And that's what I mean at the conclusion of what I just said with reading God's scriptures is that scripture 
is something that we can read through, we can study, we can meditate on so that we can hear God's voice and his plan for what he wants us to become because we're constantly becoming. We're never, we're never arrived until that day that we have departed from this earth, we have died, and we have achieved eternal life in heaven with him or eternal separation from him if we choose not to follow Christ. And so it's important for us to recognize that scripture is God, God's breathed word of who he is for us as all humankind so that that way we can then live the life that he has prepared for us on this earth right now. Secondly, the voice of the Lord is heard when we pray. What is prayer? Communication with God. Okay, communication with God. And when we communicate, is it one-sided? Like if I'm communicating to you, Xavier, and I want you to take out the trash, is that a one-sided communication? No. Like I say, Xavier, I'd like you to take out the trash. And then there needs to be a what? A response. And that response is not just a verbal response, is it? No, it's an action as well. Yeah, it's an action as well. And so when it comes to our prayer life, it's no different. Our prayer life is a listening and an action response to what we hear from God. And it's not just a moment where we sit and we make our pleas made unto him. And then he's supposed to do something for us because he's our puppet and we're his puppet master. Nor is it the reverse of that, that we have to bring sacrifices of everything that we have to God and therefore live in complete fear and trepidation of him that one day he's just going to strike us down for how evil of a people we are and never actually listen to him because he's our puppet master and we're just his puppets. No, instead, prayer is a moment where we reciprocate communication between ourselves and our heavenly father. Few have ever heard the audible voice of God, like I'm talking to you right now. Instead, there is an impression that is placed on our mind during a time of prayer that is louder then even the loudest audible voice can be. It comes up from the deep dwelling of our inmost being, the deepest depths of who we are. And while we're in prayer, we may feel convicted of sin. We may have our anxieties about a situation calmed. We may receive assurance over a decision that we're supposed to be making. Or we may have a vision, a direction, or a target that is to be achieved that is foretold to us by God in the moment of our prayer. So, Ask God to speak to you while you're in prayer and open yourself to just listen to what he has to say. Let's not just spend our daily lives with a quick prayer of, good morning, God. It's so good to have you have you wake me up today that I have the breath to breathe, that I have the opportunity to be with my family. And Lord, I want you to bless my day. And oh yeah, there's this person that's sick. I want you to heal him and just make a list of demands from there. But instead, when we're in prayer on a daily basis, we, we need to take those times out where we listen to God. John chapter 10, verse 14 says this, and that will be read to us by Blair. I am the good shepherd. I know my own and my own know me. When hearing from the Lord in times of prayer, we ask, we seek, and we knock through scripture to validate what we hear. And as Blair just read for us, He's the good shepherd. He knows his sheep and they know him. In other words, when he speaks, we know his voice. And I've heard people have these conversations at length of, well, what if I'm making a decision and I have this prompting or this feeling inside of my body 
and it's actually me speaking and it's my sinfulness and it's my desire. It's my selfish ambition and it's not really God. And this seems to be a deep concern for people. How would you answer somebody when they're saying something like that? How would you say, no, you, you would understand it's God's voice because we know the difference between our selfish ambition and his actual physical voice that's speaking to us. Mm -hmm. How would you answer that person? I mean, yeah. Or what? Or how do you answer it for yourself even? Because, I mean, that's got to be a concern for us too. I mean, we're not so, the Rolands family isn't so holy that, you know, every time we hear God's voice, we actually act upon it and we are 100% effective in everything we ever do and never make a mistake. Obviously, we make mistakes. So how do we answer that kind of concern in our own heart of God called me to go to India and I've been here for 12 years now. And what if I made the wrong decision? How do I know that I actually heard from God and that this is the this is exactly what God's plan is for me? How do I how do I not have those doubts and those fears that I made a mistake? The way I usually answer those questions of is this really God and not my own head telling me something is <laughs> I usually continue to pray about it and I ask is this me? Is this something I thought of on my own? And eventually I come to the conclusion that there's no way I thought of this on my own. Like, that doesn't make any sense why I would have thought of doing this. Like, it's not, prayer's not, some people say the reason prayer works is because you're communicating to something you believe is a higher being. And then therefore, it's actually yourself is actually God. And so in prayer, you reveal to yourself what your things you need to do are and therefore that's why prayer works for people and that is not what it is I believe at all and I realize that whenever I am praying and God reveals something to me I prayed about whether or not I should go to a university or college and what degree and career I should be in and I prayed about it and I was revealed that I mean it was put upon my mind and in my heart that I should go to a university and study physics and education and in doing that, it took me a few weeks to understand, is that my own desire or is this what God wants for me? And so I prayed about it and asked him, is this what he wants me to do? And simply in my, I just had this assurance and in my head, I just had this feeling of, yes, this is what God wants me to do. It's not my own selfish desire. It's not what I think I need to do. It's what he has planned for my life. And he knows that I will do well in it and do his will if I continue to do it this way. Great answer. Just to conclude a little bit more on that story, and Xavier, this is maybe a yes or no question, but was this a demand by your mother or I that we said, this is what you're going to do? Or did we ever speak anything like this into your life where it would be us that is then influencing your decision? No, it was all on my own because I had so many people asking me, what are you going to do with your life? And I felt like I needed to have something I needed to do with my life. And I kept praying about it and I wasn't given an answer yet. And so I prayed for two, three years about what am I going to do with my life? And eventually it was told, I mean, God spoke to me and said, this is what I want you to do. Mm -hmm. It was not something that you guys told me I needed to do. And it's not something anybody else told me to needed to do. It's something I had interest in already, and at the same time, it works in God's will.
Absolutely. And that interest wasn't something that was forced. that mom and I, your mom and I pressured you into, or we forced you into, or we kept on leading you towards. It was something that you had an interest in of your own volition and that God is continuing to reveal to you. See, I want to bring that up because so many people have these doubts, like you were talking about earlier. It's a preset thing that when God's answering a prayer, it's just you being your own God. You brought this up that it's you being your own God and that you are answering yourself, or it's something that your parents did. Christianity is your parents' religion that they're then forcing upon you so that that way you have a belief system for later on in life. But the reality is, is this is a decision you made on your own, which is no different than your relationship with Jesus, correct? Correct. Yes, baby. That sounds exactly like my book of what you just said, by searching. I don't know who this by, but it's by someone. Isabel Kuhn. Isabel Kuhn. And um, she writes about how her teacher tells her that she doesn't actually believe in God and that her parents are the ones that forced it on her. So she purposely stopped believing in God. And then all of this stuff keeps happening to her and she feels like she wants to kill herself. But then she knows her, her father will be mad at her. And she's like, I don't want to be selfish and I don't want my father to think that I'm dying and going to hell and he'll be worried. So I'm not going to do that because that's too selfish of me to do. So I'm going to stay alive, but I'm not going to believe in God still because I'm looking for him and not allowing my parents to control me. Right, right. And, and this is something that's so important for us as parents, as grandparents, and as uh, individuals, as children that are growing up, is, is to recognize that my faith in Christ is just that, right? It's my faith in Christ. So I'm not, I'm your dad. I'm Mallory's dad. But I can't make her listen to God, can I? No. That's something that you choose to do or not to do. And so therefore, I can't force you to become a Christian it's a choice that you have to make on your own. And your faith is therefore Mallory's faith in Christ. And my faith is Matt's faith in Christ. And Blair's faith is Blair's faith in Christ. And Xavier is Xavier's faith in Christ. And as we continue to recognize those things, we still know that, God, that Jesus is the good shepherd and we know his voice. Thirdly, the voice of of godly people is another way we hear from God. The Holy Spirit has gifted us with many different giftings. He has gifted us with pastors, teachers, apostles, prophets, and evangelists. People who have words of wisdom and or words of knowledge. He has presented them in the form of both male and female alike who operate under the giftings of the Holy Spirit and help reveal God's word or God's voice to us. The words we hear from these people who are pastors, teachers, apostles, prophets, and evangelists is then to be discerned and tested and validated in accordance with the Holy Scriptures and by the Holy Spirit. We must pay careful attention to this passage of scripture found in Malachi chapter 3, verse 18. Blair has this reading for us. And once more you shall see the distinction between the righteous and the wicked, between one who serves God and one who does not serve him. 
it is important for us to discern, to validate, and to test the words that are spoken by God's servants when it comes to our lives. Have you ever had somebody come up to you and say, I have been praying for you, and God told me to tell you this about your life, and it's completely wrong. Yes. Yes. Or sometimes it's just really weird. <laughs> I definitely, like, I have an example. Oh, okay. I, I remember when you were going through a lot with your health back in the day, and we're not given a lot of life to live and. Obviously, you're still here, but I did have someone come up to me and say, I just want you to know I've been praying for you and your family, and I want you to know it's okay because you're going to be a single mom raising three kids because that's what the Lord told me. In that moment, either I could have accepted her words as the truth, which I did not. I dismissed, kindly listened to what she had to say, but I knew that it was not from the word from the Lord. Because I knew in my heart I had a piece mm -hmm. that you were going to make it out, but it's going to take time. It's not going to be a quick healing um, as soon as someone prayed. I just knew it was going to take time because it was a, a um, it's something that you were walking through. It's something that you and your faith um, to grow completely stronger in the ways of the Lord and your full reliance upon Him. And that was for you to walk through, not for me. But to me, to stand beside you and to support you and to love you and to pray. But I do remember that specifically. Thank you for sharing that. Yeah, I mean, this is what happens sometimes. And that's why it's important for us to validate, to test, and also to discern whether the servant of God is speaking the truth over us uh, or exactly what God's word is. I can remember there's several passages of scripture, and if you'll read the Old Testament, especially in the prophets, uh, specifically any, anywhere after the book of Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, on until the New Testament, we have the, both the minor prophets and the major prophets, and you will see testimony after testimony of the fact that there are false prophets that are out there, and it's no different in this world that we live in in the 21st century. There are prophets that are God's servants, and there are prophets who say they're God's servants, and they are not. Actually, they're trying to discourage and divide us and separate us from who God is and from actually hearing his voice. And sometimes they're just really mean people. They just want to hurt us. And so test and approve, and we do this through God's scriptures and through the discernment of the Holy Spirit. Here's a few other additional ways that we can hear from God in accordance with scripture. Sometimes angels have given us God's word. I think of Mary, I think of Joseph at the birth of the conception and then birth of Jesus, that they had angels appear to them and give them the voice of the Lord. Another one of those examples is the burning bush that Moses came to. And there was a burning bush and the angel of the Lord spoke to Moses out of a burning bush. Uh, Daniel had dreams in the book of Daniel, Daniel chapter 2, Isaiah had visions. In the book of Isaiah chapter 29, verse 11 specifically, there are parables that Jesus spoke of in like Matthew 13, 10, where he spoke and the parable or the story was something that was exactly what God's word was for the people. In fact, God speaks in such incredible ways. There was one time in the book of Numbers, chapter 22, verse 28, that God spoke through an ass. 
or a donkey. He spoke through a donkey. Do donkeys have vocal cords? No. Do donkeys have the ability to speak? No. But yet God spoke through a donkey in Numbers chapter 22, verse 28. So God's voice is directed to us if we are willing to listen. And as you discover the many ways that God's speaking to you, whether it be in your deepest, deepest inward thoughts or whether it be in your um, lighthearted everyday life, we must be aware of the fact that God never contradicts himself. According to Hebrews chapter 1, verses 10 through 12, God is clear and unchanging. In other words, he is immutable. That's the theological term for he is clear and unchanging. Jesus is the same yesterday, today, and forever, which is what we're told in Hebrews chapter 13, verse 8. So we must learn to recognize his voice and to reject all others. I wrote down a, a few things here, and I, I'm just curious what you guys think. When you're with a group of people that's more than two people, like right now, there's four of us sitting around a table, and a conversation is happening, and different people start talking on different subjects, how do you listen to the different subjects going on? Or how do you participate? Or how do you talk? Do you choose to have a conversation with the person nearest you? Or do you have a conversation with a person clear on the other side of the room? How do you focus away from the other conversations that are going on when you're around a group of people and focus in on that one conversation that you are most interested in having? How? Right, because, I mean, it's different for all of us of right, how we yeah. do it. Sometimes you have to be really determined. Like, either you can, if you're in a, at a party, yeah, you could get up from your seat and move closer to the person to engage in conversation and or go somewhere where it's quieter to engage in the conversation or talk at a later date because sometimes when you're in a bigger setting, it may not be the appropriate time to talk about what needs to be talked about because mm -hmm. not everything has to be solved in that moment, in that moment <laughs> of life. But if you're, I mean, you know, like when you're hearing a speaker speak and it's engaging, I mean, the, the thing is to jot down questions and or statements from the speech that is being presented and if there's time for like a Q&A or a time to go and meet the speaker, you know, you could ask questions there if that speaker has time or uh, you could jot a note, you know, either write him a hand, him or her a hand note or and or uh, email. Uh, DM them. Yeah, yeah to, <laughs> to follow up with what's going on. If you can pay attention to the person's like lip movements, but... Like, you don't really have to block everything out. Just if you know how to read lips, then you will know what they're saying, even if you can't hear them. But sometimes if you can't hear them, you can re-ask and they'll say it louder. Mm -hmm. And yet, how do you comprehend what they're saying in those moments when it seems like there's so much of a loud music, maybe, or uh, another distraction that's going on? Like, you can hear a person talk, and I, I know I do this, and I... And I know it hurts Blair's feelings, but like I can hear her talk to me and yet I don't listen to what she's saying. Like I can hear what she says. I can even at times repeat it back to her of what she said, but that doesn't mean I actually comprehended what she was talking to me about. And so it becomes a frustration later on. So how do we at a party 
hear um, in a group setting? How do we hear from other people and actually comprehend everything? Doing the things that you're saying is very true, and that's right. But isn't there a little bit more to it than that? But sometimes it's easy for me to read lips because, like, I talk to Xavier so much. Like, mm -hmm. if he's, like, at the other end of the room, I'll mouth words to him, and he'll answer me back. And sometimes I'll know what he's saying, and sometimes I won't know what he's saying. So that's how I know how to do that. Uh -huh. But also, it's easy to block out noises for me because, like, construction has gone on so many times that I just, like, don't pay attention to it at all anymore. And sometimes I accidentally don't pay attention to mommy. Sure. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. You have to, I think, sometimes re-ask a question back. Like if you're unsure of what's being said. And just to clarify, is this what I'm hearing correctly? Because like somebody may ask you for something in part of that conversation and you could say yes. And what if you just gave that person a thousand dollars? You have no <laughs> idea what you just agreed to, but you just agreed to something. And, you know, five days later, it's like, so you're, we had that conversation. You owe me a thousand. I, I do. I agreed to that. And yeah. Yeah. You agreed to that. Oh, well, so somebody can really manipulate you in a situation if there's no clarification of what is being said. Right. Mm -hmm. Well, in a group setting, it's different for everybody because some people can't handle group settings because they can't understand every single conversation and therefore get overwhelmed by it. Very but true. we've been in so many group settings just growing up and I've lived with noise my whole life so I know how to block out specific noises. Welcome to India. Yeah, well, welcome to <laughs> India. I know how to block out. I can, I've learned how to block out music or other people's conversations, background noise, anything else at certain points in time. But usually in group settings is I figure out who I want to talk to by listening to the conversations that are going on around me. And if that person is across the room, but I do hear their point and I want to counterpoint or continue in with the conversation with them, I will then, from my side of the room, walk over or, if I'm sitting there, turn over and join their conversation. But at the same time, I, the way I understand conversations is I just keep my ears open for what everybody else is saying, usually, is even if I am in a conversation with one person, I will be listening to a completely different conversation at the same exact time, especially if it's you guys speaking. And so if I am with friends or something like that and they ask a question, I'll try and explain it as best as I can and then you'll answer the same thing. And so it's like, and if you're also hearing what my parents are saying right now, they're actually about to explain exactly what I was gonna say, but in more detail. And so I can, I'll stop right now so that way you can hear what they're saying because this is the same answer that you're gonna hear. And so it really, for me, is it's, I try my best to listen to everybody at once, but not all, get overwhelmed and tune out people whenever I don't want to hear what they're saying mm. or don't need to be a part of that conversation. Like if it's a personal conversation, I will tune out all the other conversations. But if it is a group setting conversation or everybody in the group is in it, I will listen to other people's opinions and then continue on with what they were saying and just listen to everybody and try my best to. Yeah. And that's... Not easy. Yeah, no, it's not. So with all of that being said, when we're having a conversation with God, our mind can wander, right? Yes. We can be thinking about, I'm supposed to be praying right now, but what am I going to have for lunch? Yeah. I'm hungry. Oh my goodness, I have this project due tomorrow at 3.30. I 
still have a lot of work to do in order to accomplish that project. And in the moment, I'm supposed to be praying, so how do I then block all of my own mental thoughts, put them to the side, and directly listen to God? I don't think it's much different than the answers we've just given. But it's a place that we have to recognize that we're allowing our mind to wander and to then sit and reflect on what he has to say. Out of the four of us, who's afraid of silence? Like you don't like it if it's quiet. Or you don't like to just sit there and do nothing. You want to always have something going on. Mallory? I do that sometimes. Like after you and mommy have like a big discussion and then you're both like, that's the end of the discussion and I'm just sitting here and like, I listened to that whole entire discussion and I don't want to say anything right now. Like so that way, like you guys won't get mad or anything like that sometimes. Uh And I'm like, Okay, I'm just going to say something randomly because I can. But also during school, since like we haven't had a lot of construction during school, it's very awkward. It so is. I just listen to music instead. Yeah. So you put music on. Yeah. yeah. Happened to me during math. So, I mean, these are these are things that in order to focus, sometimes we do put on music or we do do something in order to be a background noise to help focus in our thoughts Mm -hmm. that's what you're basically talking about in math class you turned music on so that that way you could focus in because for so long you'd had construction going on around you that it became a part of a way that you focused in on your math so now you have uh, created an atmosphere of other noises so that that way you feel like you can focus in better so is that a way that we centralize our focus in order to hear directly from god it can be. It can be. I know plenty of people that do say that they speak to God or listen for God usually whenever they're listening to music. Mm-hmm. And for some people, it's different music. I've heard people that say that they only listen to classical music when they're praying or whenever they're trying to listen to God because they feel like that helps them get closer to God. And I've heard some people say that they listen to Christian music or even sometimes secular music and then through that secular music, they realize that that's not what God wants them to do and helps them listen to what God actually wants them to do. Hmm. Interesting. I have a few passages of scripture along with some questions here. First passage of scripture is Proverbs chapter 3, verses 5 through 6. Xavier has it for us. Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he will make straight your paths. What three things should you be doing as God makes your path straight and he guides you? Trust in him. That's one. Lean not on your own understanding. That's two. Acknowledge him. Yes. (laughs) And how do you acknowledge God in all your ways? You make him a part of your life. In every, every, in everything. everything. Some people believe that God's only part of us in our church lives or other parts of life. Whenever God, in order to acknowledge him, is to have him in our lives consistently whenever we are doing school, when we're doing work, when we're putting our clothes away, whenever we're cleaning the dishes. Is mm-hmm. Just acknowledge that God is there with us. Definitely. 
And where does the Bible come into this process of trusting in the Lord, leaning not on your own understanding and acknowledging him? Where does the Bible come in? Yeah. The Bible is a focus of helping us not to rely on our own understanding. And helps us to trust in him mm -hmm. and acknowledge him. Yes, very true. Next question is found from the passage of scripture found in Psalms chapter 37. The mouth of the righteous utters wisdom and his tongue speaks justice. The law of his, oh yeah, the law of his God is in his heart. His steps do not slip. So what ways do we prove our hearts have God's law in them? Speaking the truth of God's word. Mm. Can we do that at work? Yes. Can we do it at school? Yes. Can we do it when we're just out with our friends hanging out? Yeah. We can. But we don't always fill ourselves up with God's truth through through some things that we choose to do. Yeah. Yeah. Sometimes we can be very worldly in that. Yeah. So maybe that's something that we, we can work on. Would God forgive me if I wasn't doing that and yet started working on that? Will he forgive me and allow me to work on myself and become closer to him? Sure. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. So what then happens? I'm oh, sorry. What happens then to our steps? It was the last part of what you read there, right? In verse 31. Don't they become in sync? With well, his? They, they, they will not slide, is they what it says, or they will not slip. Slip, slide, and away. They will not slip. So, our, slip. so, so our firm foundation yes. is in Christ. Yes. So like every step is... I take, I take in. Assured. You yeah. make me move, Jesus. Every breath I take, I take in you. Yeah. And Psalm 32, verse 8, is our next passage of Scripture. Mallory has that for us. What's this for? Instruct. <laughs> Went away. I will instruct thee and teach thee in my way which thou shalt go. I will guide thee with mine eye. What will God do for you? If you place all of your faith, all of your trust, all of your assurance, and allow him to guide your steps, what will he do for you? He'll instruct us and teach us. And counsel you. And guide us. That's what it says in the scripture. You're right. When I think of him being my guide or my counselor, it makes me think of the fact that so often within the past 50 or so years, we have been running to counselors to help us through our anxiety and through our whatever, our daily lives and those kinds of things. And we've taken God out of the equation because unless I talk to this person first, I can't really make a decision. Or I just sit in my room by myself and I focus in on my video games and maybe on a book or two, or I just watch TV and veg out and I don't allow anything to be my guide unless it's the counselor that I go sit with. And here this passage of scripture says, God will do those things for us. He will be our counselor if we place our faith and trust in him. We don't always have to run after medicine in order to make us feel better. 
Often the solution to our scenario of our life is to spend time with God and to hear his voice. Next question and passage of scripture is 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 25. Blair has that for us. For you were straying like sheep, but have now returned to the shepherd and overseer of your souls. So let's not spend too much time focusing on the fact that we were once going astray, but on where we are now. If we are in God's presence, if we are reading his scripture, if we are regularly being around believers, where are we now? I have been bought by the blood of the Lamb and I'm living my life completely for him. Living my best life. Right. And whose presence are you continually in? Prayerfully God's. Yes. And the good shepherds. The overseer of my soul. I am not going to focus on where the past had led me, but instead I am going to focus on the fact that I'm right now with God. And this is definitely my best life. John chapter 10, verse 27 is our next passage of scripture. And question, who has that? 10, 20, John chapter 10, 27. Xavier has that for us. My sheep hear my voice. I know them and they follow me. So what can you do according to this passage of scripture? Follow God. Yes, So many people have this doubt of, am I following God? But Jesus right here answers that doubt. He says, my sheep, which is me, which is you, they know my voice and I know them and they follow me. So as you're following him, have assurance that you are following after Christ Jesus. Our final passage of scripture today is found in John chapter 10, verse 5. I believe Mallory has that for us. Mm-hmm. <laughs> A stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. So how are we to react to the voices that are not God's? We don't follow them. We don't follow them. It sounds pretty easy and cut and dry to say, hey, that's not God's voice. Don't follow it. But the reality is, let's be practical. Let's be practical. We have other voices that are infiltrating our lives that entice us. See, I can't hear you. Oh, I'm sorry. Are the voices in my head bothering you? Great. (laughs) These voices entice us to follow their path and not follow the path of God. Not all roads lead to Jesus. Not all roads lead to God. Though Mahatma Gandhi would want you to think that they do, and so many people within this 21st century want to say, oh, worship any God that's out there, it will lead you to the presence of God. I'm sorry, that is not true. Jesus says that His sheep will know his voice and follow him. And that the voice of the stranger is leading them down the wrong path. In other words, there are false gods. There are false idols. There are many traps and temptations that are all over desiring to capture our hearts 
and lead us away from God. And yet Jesus is the only one that leads us directly to the presence of our Heavenly Father. So how do we hear from God? First, through his scriptures. Second, in prayer. And third, sometimes through the voices of his servants, which is tested and tried and validated and discerned. There are other ways that we can hear God's voice, but let's not limit ourselves to just these three things, but also let's keep ourselves, our minds and our lives open to communicating 24 hours a day, seven days a week with our personal Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. Mallory, will you close us in prayer today? Okay. Thank you, Jesus, for today and every single day and that we will have a great day today and that everyone will wear their masks and wash their, <laughs> their hands every single day. In Jesus' name I pray, amen. 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 Mommy, drop the boat. It